almost insightful. What's up, listeners? You're listening to Almost Insightful, emphasis on the almost. I'm Killian Soper, Wombus the Rhombus, uh, and I'm with my co-host here. Introduce yourself. I'm Reagan Bruin. Uh, I'm the dusty can of beans that you forget about on the top of your pantry. <laughs> we all know that guy. That, that was such such a good laugh. <laughs> Thanks. You're, yeah. On this show, Reagan and I have assigned each other a movie or TV show to watch that the other person hasn't seen yet. One of us gets a movie slash TV show that we think is bad, and the other person is going to get assigned one that we think is good. We're going to discuss the contents on this show, and at the end of the episode, we assign each other what to watch before the next podcast. Wow, that recording from last week was still good. That was phenomenal. Thanks, Reagan. talked about what the show is about. Yeah. So cool. I'm really lazy, so I don't want to re-record that since it turned out so well last week yeah. i'm just gonna leave it in and yeah. we're gonna go from there yeah it also took us like multiple takes <laughs> it probably took 12 full minutes yeah. of our two and a half hours yeah of, yeah yeah we could we could just have normal conversations easily but when it's anything that's scripted or feels like yes. we have to come up with something it takes a little little bit of time to actually get into it neither one of us are used to like actually having to nail a script or something so yeah. we're just improvising this and failing when we're supposed to read from something that's right so anyway this week i had you watch brigsby bear which was the good movie of the two movies that were assigned last week yes and i've been trying to get you to watch this movie for a really long time and this podcast as always is the perfect excuse to get you to watch a movie that i want you to watch exactly that's that's one of the biggest reasons we started this is to force each other to watch things we've yes. been on I watched for years and I'm really glad I finally got a chance to watch it because I've been wanting to watch it at least past two or three years uh, I saw the trailer when it was coming out I thought it was super interesting mm -hmm. and even going into it now I still really didn't know a ton about it I just saw Kyle Mooney who I like right. in his style of comedy I saw Mark Hamill which obviously I love for his acting and voice acting and I'm really glad I finally got a chance to watch it. So before I get into summarizing this movie, I would highly recommend you watch Brigsby Bear before getting into at least this part of the podcast because it is a phenomenal movie. I'm I, glad you liked it. Yes, I, I will talk more about how I felt about it, but I can't really go into the synopsis without spoilers of some kind it's great to go on this movie just completely blind like i did not knowing any of the main plot points so spoiler warning from here on out yes i have been warned and so have you yes all right so basically this movie is about a guy in his mid-20s or so played by kyle mooney he has been in this one underground bunker his entire life his parents have told him that outside is basically poisonous air and that it's dangerous to go out there. But to comfort him through his whole life, there has been a tape that has been brought to him for a show that is called, of course, Brigsby Bear. He is the only one who has seen this show, though. Because his parents because, manufactured that for yes. him only to keep him busy while he's down in that bunker. Exactly. Yeah. Yep, then one day the police come and they're just, uh, Kyle Mooney's character is very confused, he's wondering what's going on, and his parents are arrested because his, they are not actually his parents. He was kidnapped as an infant and has been trapped in that bunker by them his entire life. So now he is trying to live his life in the outside world he's very awkward and weird and but through that even now brigsby bear is what's keeping him grounded and what's basically building his happiness so now that he knows he's the only one who has ever seen the show because it's not actually a show it was made by his kidnappers mm -hmm. He 
wants to make a movie for Brigsby Bear and wants to kind of continue the legacy of him. So you already said you really enjoyed the movie, but I want to hear more about what you really thought about it. Get into more detail. Yes, yes. So I truly just thought this movie was super beautiful. It was sad. It was funny. And it just ended up being an entirely heartwarming experience throughout it. I love all the cast members. I think Kyle Mooney is just amazing in this movie. I haven't really seen him much outside of SNL and his YouTube that he did with his friends like 12 years ago or whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, Good Neighbor stuff. Right. But I've, I've always thought he was super funny, even though I'm not a big SNL fan right now. I think he is a major strength in that show mm-hmm. and one of the best cast members and there are a lot of actors i knew who had much smaller parts i love mark hamill who plays the kidnapper of kyle mooney's character who he thinks is his dad who he thinks is his dad yes he is just amazing and one of the best probably the best person for this role because he is a great actor i think but He's also one of the best voice actors out there. Yeah. And because of the building the Brigsby Bear show, he does multiple different voices. Right. He does the voice of the, the son, which is one of the villains. He yeah. does the voice of Brigsby, Brigsby. And he does a bunch of voices of his side characters when he's manufacturing the show to entertain James, which is Kyle Mooney's character. Yes. And he's not in this movie a ton, per se. Right. But he is so good because he's utilized in the best way. Uh, some other people who I didn't know would be in it. Uh, Beck Bennett is in there for a few scenes mm-hmm. who did the good neighbor stuff with Kyle Mooney back in the day and now is on SNL with him. Uh, Andy Samberg yeah. was a <laughs> crazy like little cameo that I had no idea was in there. But it makes sense because it's a Lonely Island movie, which I had no idea about. Yeah. And the Lonely Island is his production, kinda, company. production company with two other guys and their comedy trio mm-hmm. and lonely island has made a lot of good movies i actually have one in the future i might give you for oh that's exciting the, yes yes so we'll get to that in another episode did you notice that tim heidecker was in this movie from tim I and eric did not know it was that. it's it is a split second it's even more brief than andy sandberg's cameo really? but i saw him and i was like hey that's the guy yeah i forgot what role it was but yeah he's in towards yeah, the yeah. end and it was it was really funny to see him yeah yeah yeah, but I think I think everyone was great in this movie. I don't remember a lot of the cast members' names, mm-hmm. but I just thought acting was great. The story was incredible and super just heartwarming at the end. is a, probably a term I'll keep going back to because of how I feel it all wraps up. Right. Yes. Uh, for me, a couple standouts are Ryan Simpkins, which is the girl who played Aubrey Pope, which is the sister, the oh, biological yes. sister that he yes. learns that he has when he gets out of the um, the bunker with his previous parents. Yeah, she was great. Um, Greg Kinnear, I, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Greg Kinnear, maybe. I don't know anything that he's in. I don't know. Was he the... Uh... He was Detective Vogel, yeah. yes. he was so good. He was so good. He was... He's the most likable... He is the most likable police character in any in movie anything. I've yes. ever. <laughs> he was yes, so much he, fun. Yes, he, he just the, having him have a acting bug of the past and wanting to help out uh, Kyle Mooney with. I, I'm so sorry, I keep forgetting his name. Uh, I should probably say Who's? his character's name. Uh, the main character. <laughs> oh, James. Name. Yeah, James, James. Thank you. Yeah. Um, helping trying to help out james with brigsby bear Mm -hmm. in ways that he can and being a part of the movie actually which was so good i just thought he was a great character well i thought we could go through this kind of scene for scene in a way uh just to just to like jog your memory of what worked and what didn't work with the movie yes so the beginning is literally what reagan already said is he's in a bunker we established this world um James and his parents, Mark Hamill and uh, Jane Adams, who plays April and mm-hmm. Ted, uh, which are, the, of course, the abductees, I guess. Or, sorry, the abductors. Um, in the house, they kind of set up the world. It's, it's like 80s nostalgic. It's an 80s nostalgic vibe in their house. Mm-hmm. And um, so he's wearing all these, like, 80s clothes and 
the way that they interact with each other. You can tell that something's wrong. You can tell that it's not like a real family. Something's a little bit off. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kyle Mooney's using this lap or this um, this computer, this PC from like yes. the the late eighties. Yeah, and he's he has internet access with it, and he's talking to uh, you know the yeah. The, his like focus group for Brigsby content, who he thinks is you know he's he thinks everybody knows Brigsby. Brigsby Bear is is the show that he grew up on, and it's the only show that he knows about. Mm-hmm. He thinks there's only one TV show, and he loves it, and he's obsessed with it, like I am with Star Wars. He just knows every yeah. single detail. Yeah, he's basically making like videos that are like commentaries on each episode, right. and it's really entertaining to see that right off the gate, especially on that really old computer that yeah. looks like it just like mm-hmm. flips up with a button or whatever it's yeah really cool and he the the communication between his family is really off-putting sort of like you don't know that anything's wrong at the beginning mm-hmm. because they just seem like they're all related mm-hmm. <laughs> but then yeah. his father goes and he takes him to this secret place and they go through this bunker and you're like what in the world is yeah. happening and then they go outside into this sort of um it's like an observatory type bubble thing mm-hmm. on the outside when they go they go up this ladder and then they have this discussion in there and it's not a deep discussion at all it's just a father and son talk really but the cinematography is like so beautiful yes and you know they have to wear gas masks because they think it's toxic outside or, mm-hmm. um but anyway i i love that part and then it, at night he sneaks out james sneaks out and he wants to just view the outside world um, he doesn't have any idea that there is like an outside civilization, but he goes outside of the bunker. Yes. Um, and then the, when the police cars come up, he freaks out and it's really, it's a scary scene. Yeah. It's, it's deep, dark and scary. Yeah, he's so you scared. You see him being like, they're coming. Yeah. It's just like. He doesn't know what's out there. So he's, mm-hmm. he's literally warning his family who he thinks is his family for yeah. 25 years, you yeah. know. And this isn't just like one police car either. It's a whole squad lined yeah. up just coming because it's obviously very dangerous people who have had this person in their possession and hidden away for 25 years. So one thing that I'm, I'm kind of thankful that they didn't really go into uh, a normal movie that would be, that would have a concept like this. They would go into the psyche of this main character, right? And they, yes. they would be super damaged and then it would be a really dark film. But yes. Kyle Mooney plays James it's such a charming role oh, and he's yeah. just so enthusiastic about everything. He's never really bothered by it. Mm-hmm. Like he still keeps in communication with his, with his, uh, abductors mm-hmm. because he just, he just wants, he just loves Brigsby. Yeah. Yes. And that's what brings the whole film together is yes, this love absolutely. for this fictional thing mm-hmm. that doesn't exist except for in the minds of these three people. Yeah. And, and something like this seems like, especially to the parents, like it's a, really bad thing because it was part of his past and in the terrible situation that he was in but brigsby (laughs) is the symbol of hope right is what kept him going and what is still keeping him going and making him not crazy in the outside world he's just a little awkward because he doesn't understand things it doesn't feel dark it feels I hate to use the word, but yeah, I was going to say kind of quirky. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, it's just like a nice little thing. It's so funny to see the actual parents of James, James's parents, to to treat him really like, they're trying to be really, they're gingerly trying to put him into society. And he's like, yeah, what's up, dog? He's like, he's like, yeah, I just (laughs) want to, I just want to do Brigsby. He's like, he doesn't have any he doesn't really have any problems adjusting. He's really awkward, but he just seems like a normal, awkward person. Mm -hmm. You would never guess the trauma that he's been through. And it's really funny that they attacked it in that way. It makes for a more unique story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a really, it feels fresh in comparison to Mm -hmm. some other story. It could have been where it could have been really dark. It could have felt like more of a drama, but, Mm -hmm. and it still is kind of a drama, but it's a dramedy. It's got the, really funny elements and i actually laughed out loud a few times right. in this movie because <laughs> kyle mooney just plays those parts so well he was so good and then at one point in this movie james decides that he wants to share with the world brigsby and brigsby is something that brought him joy but it's really funny because everybody thinks about how dark and sadistic it is to um 
to have Brigsby exist in this world, those tapes that his mm-hmm. abductors made for him out in the world, it's really, it's disgusting because yeah. they used it to manipulate this boy, but he's like, that's what I want. This is what I grew up with. Now I want to share it with everybody because yep. it's crazy. It's so good. Yeah. And nobody's heard of it. It's it's so funny. The, <laughs> the first scene with him and the cop, um, one of the cops, they're in an interrogation, or they're, they're in like a, not really an interrogation, but sort of a conversation because they want to know his trauma. They want to know what's up with him. They want to know how he's doing. And they're sitting there and the guy's like, What's that? Uh, what's that on your shirt? And he's wearing a shirt that has Brigsby Bear on it, which is, of course, only his thing. Yeah. He and the other, and the abductors are the only ones who know about it. And he's like, "It's it's Brigsby." And I love <laughs> are you how stupid? I love how on the shirt it actually yeah. says it's Brigsby. They, they pan <laughs> so down. Good. They pan down, and it says it's Brigsby on the shirt. It's <laughs> so a, funny. It's, it's a great gag. Yeah, I I don't know. You were kind of mentioning how he and his other friend that they meet later on at a party. Yes. They Spencer. Spencer. Yep, they get the Brigsby videos on the internet and out to the world. I just love that idea of it and just having other people kind of see it. Uh there was a great scene in like a a grocery store or whatever where some guy just comes by while uh James is with his real mom and he's like oh man you're the bear guy <laughs> so he's just like talk about brigsby and he's like yeah my my kidnapped dad uh my kidnapper dad basically made that show for yeah. me and he's like oh that's messed up man can i get a, can I get a picture <laughs> it's, they, the mom takes a picture of them and she seems really uncomfortable and awkward but James is just so happy about it, right. and he's so he feels so much joy talking to this random guy about something he's loved his entire life, right? Absolutely. Which he's never been able to truly experience, other than on the internet, which was also fake. The movie explores these typical themes of found family versus actual family and what it can mean for people, and it mm-hmm. takes a dark, sorry, a less dark. Uh, sort of stance on trauma it's not um delegitimizing anybody that has actual trauma but it's just a unique take that fares really well for the rest of the movie Mm -hmm. but uh this idea of found family and actual family he doesn't james doesn't feel connected with his actual family he was abducted at birth so when he's talking about his parents He's mm-hmm. not really thinking that they're his parents. He's talking about his abductors as as his parents because yes. he's spent 25 years with these people, and yes. that's who he knows. Yes, he doesn't think poorly of his no, new parents all. either, or of his actual parents, but he just is still getting used to his new life. Right. Yeah. One of the things, and it might be one of the only things, actually, that I didn't love about the movie... Um, how the, dare you, frankly? Yeah, I know. Just kidding. <laughs> I, I didn't like something about the movie. No, I'd, I'd give I it think, like a 91%. Yes. So there were still some... I still yeah. had some complaints, yeah. for sure. I think uh, the dynamic that kind of the parents had and kind of the sister had towards the beginning of the show felt a little cheesy to me. Mm-hmm. It just... The sister is like a teenager who is like... Don't be awkward around my friends. Right, and just even to, though I just want to party. Yeah, yeah. And I just want to party. Even though this was a person who has been gone for yes. twenty five years. Yes. This year brother who has been gone. Yes. And now they're back and you're like, Don't be weird and <laughs> I wanna just party. don't freak my friends out, okay? Exactly. I know you were just taken from your abductor's place two days ago. Exactly. But and then make sure I'm looking good at this yeah, party. Yeah, and I love her, her friends because they're like being nice to um james and they're right trying to get him to fit in and feel happy and she's still all weird about it and everything so i didn't love that and then the parents some of the ways they handled certain things didn't feel like it could have been in real life like yeah. they get back and they're like all right we got a whole list of stuff we want to do we're gonna right. go fishing and we're play basketball yep <laughs> and then he's like i want to make this movie and it's feels like it would have been a better choice maybe more of a real choice to try to be like yeah we know you've been gone for all this time we would love to help you through this i don't feel comfortable that it's this thing that has been 
part of your old life that yeah. feels like a negative thing, mm-hmm. but I want to help you work you through it. Right. He's like, no, just play basketball with me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, uh, I don't know how. Like Shaquille O'Neal? Basketball like Shaquille O'Neal? we will get to that very soon. That's a little bit of foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> we do a little bit of foreshadowing That's on the right. show. That's right. Yeah. yeah, it's quirky. It's really cool. It's quirky and funny. Yeah. <laughs> We're on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> a very unique idea. Two, two, uh... two, two white 20-year-olds <laughs> talking about movies. Yes. Never been done before. We are very original. Exactly. But yeah, that that was one of the only things where I was just kind of like, I don't know how I feel about that because it felt like it could have ta- been taken in a way that doesn't feel cheesy and mm-hmm. like it's been, it, like it's used to just bring up the drama. Yeah. It just didn't feel very real in certain ways. Another thing that I loved about this movie was the love of filmmaking that it, yes. that it really shows it got me into wanting to do filmmaking and film reviewing and stuff because it, his whole goal is to make a movie and once he finds out how they're made he gets really excited about it and then he wants to bring brigsby to everybody's mm-hmm. life um yeah and while filming the movie he wants all these practical effects and the police uh the, the, <laughs> the police detective he is reluctant at the beginning, but then once he realizes how little trauma this kid actually feels or how much uh, how much negativity he really feels for his old family, he gives him all the props that every <laughs> yes. that his abductors use to make the Brigsby productions mm-hmm. so he could make them for his movie. And it's a, an amazing scene. Of course, it's probably so illegal because that was used in police oh, evidence. Yeah. But anyway, you like, know, I've got all breaking the... the law is cool. That's right. You should you should steal police. No, yes. You shouldn't say that. Probably. No. <laughs> That's probably not a great thing probably to say. Not. Don't do that. But Which, anyway. Um, but yeah, I love that part of it too. He's a great character. Um, yeah. um, so anyway, I... Uh, yeah. um, I love that Spencer did like animation stuff and that... Yes. James found that out and he was like, You could do like special effects for our, our movie. And I thought that was great. Spencer, Spencer was, the... was one of my favorite characters, actually. He just felt like such a kind hearted, yet yes. still a teenager. Yeah, so Spencer was that character that James runs into at the party with his sister. Uh, and they decide to make the movie together. And then that friendship kind of blows up once once James finds out that Spencer does animation on his computer, he's like, oh my gosh, I want you to do that for the movie. I want to make a Brigsby movie. So that's where that stems from. Mm-hmm. But this this movie reverses the roles of family to found family, and they have found family at the beginning to real family later on. So instead of normally in a movie where you, you're with your family and then you find people, and those find those people that you find become your family later on, and you love them... Mm-hmm. This kind of takes it in the complete opposite direction, where at the beginning he's with his found family that mm-hmm. wasn't his real family, and then later on he has to meet his actual family and learn to love them with patience and perseverance, basically. I really love that, and I also really loved how he didn't really change all that much through right. the movie. <laughs> it's true. He By the end of it, he's still the same kind of awkward guy. He's still... Seems like he's trying to get used to this new life. The this real world. Bigger, yeah. Yes, this bigger world that he's in. Mm-hmm. But everyone else around him kind of feels like they're changing in their own ways. They're warming up to this person. And you feel them all growing a lot closer. Especially, I love seeing him and his sister go a lot closer. It just, it's, I keep going back to the word though. It's a very heartwarming movie it's it's so heartwarming mm-hmm. but it's also really funny really clever yeah um, and it has a really good cast of characters and a really good cast in general i also found the practical effects of the movie really charming because it goes back to the like 80s puppets mark hamill's face is literally in this like giant rubber sun this latex like yes. picture of I the sun and he's going so like much. this and he's doing his voice yeah. but his eyes and his mouth are actually in this big sun thing yeah i thought that was great i i love that practical effect yeah I, I love the, like, pencil drawings they have in his movie that he makes. Yep. It's just, it's so charming, all of it. It doesn't feel cheap. It feels right. just nice. And I like at the end of the movie how they um, they go and they revisit Mark Hamill's character. You think they wouldn't be able to see each other, but James mm-hmm. goes and he visits his abductor dad, which is Mark Hamill's character. Mm-hmm. And um, 
he asks him to do the voices yes. <laughs> of all of the all of the Brigsby characters for the movie so it's authentic for him. It's... So it's a funny it's so funny because he's fanboying that his dad was the one who played all these characters. <laughs> yeah. When he first finds er- out that earlier in the movie, yeah. yes, this he... is the funniest part. You yes, did. earlier in the so movie, funny. he's like, oh man, it's hard for me to even say it just because it's one of the funniest parts. So, the family when they're telling him yeah. about everything that's happened and you're abducted and everything with uh, the family and everyone's just like. Yeah, Brinkley wasn't real. It was created by your captor. April and Ted, yeah. April and Ted. And he's like, wait, really? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, yes! <laughs> so my dad, or my captor dad, he was Brinkley Bear. <laughs> and he's freaking out about it and getting so excited. And it's so funny. The it, reactions in the room make that scene, too. Because the dad gets really somber. Because it, it looks like um, it looks like James is going to take it really hard that his dad was Brigsby the whole time. And that Brigsby's not a real show. Mm-hmm. And... He, he looks down into his lap, and then he's like, Yes! Yes! Oh, you're telling me my dad's Brigsby? And his actual yeah. dad jumps, and it's such a funny yeah. scene. Yeah. I, w- I think Kyle Mooney's hilarious, and I would love to see him in more stuff like this. He's just got great comedic timing, and I think he has for years. So he, he deserves another really great project like Brigsby Bear was. Speaking yeah. of the project and making it, um, I looked up the budget because I was really curious because it seemed pretty low, but also they had like Andy Samberg in it, which I'm mm-hmm. sure didn't do it for a small price. But it turns out kind of everybody in the movie just got together because they believed in the project, yeah. which is always a That's great thing. That's super awesome. Yeah. yeah. I could see Andy Samberg seems like the type of person Definitely. too who would want to do something because he's passionate about it. Yep. Yeah. That's how... He, he's always seen like that kind of actor, that kind of musician mm-hmm. and performer. And I really admire that of him. It's super awesome to hear that. But if you look up the budget for this, it says $5 million, Um But I clicked an article and it kind of said that $5 million was higher than they actually spent on it. Um, because that was just sort of a projected estimated budget that they used. Mm-hmm. Um but I would guess probably around $3 million, and it looks pretty good. Like, it looks really good. Yeah. Like, like I said, there were only a couple different um, special effects used. There was one big explosion, which I think was practical. But all the, all the budget for this really just went into the actors acting. Mm-hmm. So the box office, I think, ended up, what, what did you say it was? It was like 680, here, I'll get the exact number. $681,632. So I hope that this becomes a cult classic like I'm trying to make it right now because they totally deserve their budget back. 100%. It, it really it sucks that they didn't make their budget. Yeah. But yeah, this is something that could down the line hopefully be something that people revisit and yeah. end up loving in the future. And I wouldn't have known anything about it if Chris Stuckman didn't say anything. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, that's how cult status happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, a movie comes out and then nobody watches it and then somebody talks about it yeah. and then another person watches it based on their recommendations and then everybody watches it. So watch it at home. Yes. Please watch this please, movie. It's so good. It. It's, and rent it. Don't pirate it. Yeah. It's not a super long movie either. It's around an hour and a half. It's definitely worth your time. Such a fun movie. Yeah. Switching gears completely, I don't know if there's been any more drastic uh, shifting of gears in podcast history, but yeah. we're going to be talking about Kazam! I am, I am Kazam! <laughs> Who dare to wake me? It's so funny. Oh my gosh. So, Kazam, holy crap. Uh, tell us about this gem of a movie. So it stars Shaquille O'Neal as the lead character of Kazam, uh, the title character of Kazam, because the main character is Max. Um, And this was from 1996, so it has a lot of 90s nostalgia attached to it, like Cowboy Bebop, but in all the wrong ways. Yes. A lot of hip hop, a lot of uh, baggy clothing, and a lot of... uh, a lot of really great yep. music. Yep. When, <laughs> when Shaq tried to simultaneously be an actor while being a rapper. While being one of the best basketball players in history. Yes. 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 And he succeeded at all three. All three. He nailed them. And now 
now he's on Conan. Now he's on Conan. There we go. So um, I watched Shazam, and Zachary Levi was actually like super, super good in it. I was not expecting. Yeah. He was so good. Yes. Um, playing this childish character. You feel free to stop me anytime. Uh huh. I'm not going to stop you. Okay. Well, anyway, guys, <laughs> as that failed joke just went, that I, is a movie I, no, called Shazam, which is I know, a DC I did, movie. I'm just kidding. I, I just wanted to keep you to keep going. <laughs> to realize how stupid the bit was? Yes. yes. Okay. No, well, I, I realized I it. Although, a lot of people do think this movie is called Shazam. Yes. And, uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Shazam is a significantly uh, better film. It is a wonderful film. How dare you? <laughs> How dare I? <laughs> I was going to go into a rhyming rap in quotation marks, but okay. Yeah. So, to summarize do, this movie. How did you do that? <laughs> What's the significance of that? To summarize this movie that is trying to kickstart Shaq's acting and rap career, um, this may not have been the first movie that he's been in, but wow, it made an impact. Uh, at the beginning of the movie, there, an unknown force is about to demolish a, an old lamp store. And uh, one of the lamps, in quotation marks, in the store is actually a boombox, which is where Kazam lives. And um, then we're introduced to the character named Max. This movie's kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. And Max is kind of a cool a cool uh, middle school or elementary school kid. He's a sick 90s kid. He's really cool. He has long hair and... Uh, he's just jamming all the time. He gets bullied. He does get bullied, which makes no sense because he's literally he's, the coolest kid in movie history. I know. He's <laughs> I, so cool. It makes no sense. Yes. Um, so there's a scene in the movie where he's getting cornered by these bullies that are trying to get information out of him. And they, he goes into the building that I talked about at the beginning, uh, at the beginning of the summary where... They go. He goes into the lamp store basically, and then he falls down three stories. Sometimes or somehow survives, and then he sees the boombox, the boombox. That's right. Yes, the, that famous boombox, the most iconic boombox in film history potentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That may not be an exaggeration. I'd pay at least uh, everything I have for that <laughs> boombox. At the very least, <laughs> I'd sacrifice. Everything That's right. Yes. I'd give my firstborn for the Shaquille O'Neal boombox. So um, when Shaq is free, or Sha- <laughs> when, <laughs> when Kazam is freed, um, he he does this amazing rap number that we'll get into later. And rap again is in quotation marks, as is every term that I use for this entire film. Yes. Um, if but no other reason, just watch this movie, just because Kazam's intro to this movie. Is so good. It's it's really great. Yeah. Um. So he follows Max around and tries to grant him three wishes. Um. And Max is sort of skeptical at the beginning, and then once he's followed around and Shaq eventually proves his worth, he tries to get him to help fix his relationship with his dad, who left him and his mom when he was very young. He hasn't seen him in ten years, and I would say the boy is probably about twelve years old. Yes, I think they say he's. I think 12 they years say he's twelve. Though. So um, when they when the when the dad walked out, the dad walked out when he was two. Yes. So he doesn't remember him at all, um, and he wants to repair this relationship even though his mom and his stepdad are, are great people. And yep. They're just trying to be good yep. parents He to hates him. his stepdad, though, because he's not his real dad. <laughs> that's true. Um, and that's basically the main conflict of this movie. Uh, when Kazam finds his way into a rap career, mm-hmm. not Shaq, Kazam, in this movie, yep. working for Max's dad, things get a little bit spicy. And for some reason, Max's dad is also part of the mob. Mm-hmm. Sort of. Yeah, it's very strange. There's like he's in the music business, but he's also a mob boss. They've got like blackmail CDs or something like that. Yes, it's a. It makes no sense, but it's something else. So, so this movie. T- tell me what you thought about this. Genuinely, it was one of the most fun times I've ever had watching a movie alone. Yes. Um, usually these movies that are really terrible, clearly this is a terrible film, mm-hmm. are really fun to watch with a group of people, but I had I had a fun time alone. Mm-hmm. I was in my basement, and I was laughing to myself for the entire time. Yes. Yeah. It Brilliant is, stuff. It's one of the best, worst movies of it all is. time. And you, you can, it's great to watch with friends, but it's also great to watch alone, because you'll just find comedic value in 
the horribleness of it all. Every single scene, you will find some golden mm-hmm. gem. So, like Reagan said at the beginning of the first podcast, um, it's the last week's episode, he said that he did not really enjoy watching Thor, uh, Thor End of Days, which mm-hmm. was a, another terrible film. Yeah, that but, one, I enjoyed the beginning, but it got boring about yeah. a half hour in. Right. And then doesn't get good until the last 10 minutes, yeah. which is good in terms of being fun to watch, not mm-hmm. in terms of good. Yes. Um, Kazam is just a blast all the way through. <laughs> yes. There's never a dull moment. There's always something problematic on screen, yeah. and it usually has to do with, you know, a 40-year-old, seven-foot-tall man mm-hmm. uh, chasing a small boy in the streets and laying in bed with him. Yep. It's a <laughs> 1990s family movie garbage fire roller coaster ride it's it's brilliant yes so specifically uh we can go through some of the Mm -hmm. scenes that we want to highlight i i want to start off with just i shaquille neal in this movie he is not a good actor (laughs) at all nope but I loved every second I saw of him on this. He's not charismatic. He's not charming. I don't think he knows what he's doing in this movie, and I will relentlessly roast him for the rest of it. It's so good. His performance is so, so good. Yes, he has a beautiful smile through it all. The smile that he has. It's this really strange, it's not a natural smile. It's like like Arnold Schwarzenegger's smile in uh, Judgment Day, Terminator Judgment Day. It's like a purposefully fake smile, but I I could never tell what Shaq was going for in this. I, I would be surprised if that's just how he smiles to, to people on the streets. And something I that hope I, I get to see it in real life one day. Something that is probably specific to me. I have a really crappy TV in my basement, which is where I watch the majority of my movies. But Shaq's voice is so low. It's such a low register that my sorry uh, such a low register that my tv rattles i'm not joking so so every time shack was down here in this register my tv would be like oh, it would it would start shaking and it would it would make my dogs bark upstairs yeah. i can't imagine when he screams in that movie how it must have sounded my tv sounded like a world war ii bunker <laughs> it was amazing oh man um shack's performance is if not anything else powerful oh yes Yes. So the wrecking ball that comes at the beginning, which is the first shot of the movie, that's going to hit the lamp store to destroy the lamp store that they didn't clear their inventory out of for some reason. Mm-hmm. The wrecking ball comes probably two inches away from the building, and then the next shot has a camera inside of the store, mm-hmm. and it explodes. <laughs> so the, the wrecking yep. ball never yep. actually hits the building, and yep. the store just explodes on its own free will. And yeah. you may say, magic, genies. No, absolutely no, not. Poor there's filmmaking. There's no way that that was what happened in this because, I mean, I don't know if he could do anything magical in the boombox anyways. Right. But it's just, yeah, poor filmmaking and they had to make an explosion. So when Max is introduced in the movie, there's a song that plays and, you know, you get the... Mm-hmm. Which is the, like, stereotypical beat from the 90s where somebody's going to be like... which is what all the rap sound like to me all the hip-hop and there's this song called slide slide slippity slide and that's what introduces max and it's like slide slide slippity slide and it's just saying that over and over again with that typical 90s beat yeah it put me exactly where i needed to be in my headspace to watch this this whole movie especially like the first 10 to 20 minutes so 90s just such a 90s cliche amazing movie the it's, colors too everything mm-hmm. the clothing the colors you could show this to at all to it's, somebody that did not that wasn't alive in the 90s and they would know exactly mm-hmm. yeah, even though you, we weren't you could born play it and go like when was this movie made i don't know mid 90s <laughs> like yeah you nailed it it's this this perfectly this perfectly encapsulates the vibe of the 90s and mm-hmm. i couldn't love it more yeah uh, i could love it more i could love it a lot more yeah uh but i did love it yeah it's oh man if you need something to just laugh at that's just a complete dumpster fire you're with friends you're at a party you're just anything this is the movie to go to absolutely <laughs> one one of there are many but this is one of the best so max's bullies range from 16 years old i would say mm-hmm. to like 24 yeah <laughs> yep. and he's a 12 year old kid as yeah. stated in the movie um it's a little bit problematic they show up at his school and yeah. uh 
so there's like 24 year old people which are older than either of us Mm -hmm. (laughs) doing this podcast right now um and there's this uh there's this comeback where when the bullies run away max wants to be like the tough guy and he wants to have the last laugh right he goes who put a squirrel in your shorts that line and i was like and i was like was that a gotcha yeah i was like you killed him dude (laughs) there's no coming back from that max absolutely crucified these poor 16 to 24 year old gentlemen the the roast master himself max (laughs) shack could take some notes later where where he was looking for his dad in the um whatever business building mm-hmm. whatever it was and he was like you looking for or do you know where i could find mr whatever the last name was yeah and then Shaq comes out of the corner and he's like mr who max goes uh your mother oh yeah i remember when <laughs> that, that was his comeback it's like it's yeah a, your mother your mother it's like all right that's this man's a genius we grew up with yo mama jokes but they weren't that good mm-hmm. <laughs> they weren't yeah. that uh intuitive i guess yeah. Have you seen the poster to this movie? I, Sorry for a just weird no, no problem. I'm pretty I sure I I'll have to find it. I'm pretty sure Shaq's name is bigger than Kazam is. Oh, that's um, amazing. I guess make make sure, but that's so good. Oh yes, a hundred percent it is. <laughs> oh my, it is gosh, size seventy two font versus size fifty font. Yeah, it's double the size at least of the actual title of the movie. Absolutely so you know where brilliant. their priorities lie. Yes. You know? Absolutely. And I agree with them because this movie would not be as good as it is without Shaquille O'Neal. If they tried any harder, this movie wouldn't be watchable. Yes. Uh, when Shaq comes out of the boombox, when Max falls down those three stories and doesn't die, mm-hmm. uh, it's super, super cinematic. Um, these robes just start absolutely cascading out of the air yeah it's not cgi but it's actual practical effects of just these these old ancient robes flying in the air and like toilet paper from a mummy flying around mm-hmm. and then shack just giant shack just raises out from the grave and he's uh-huh. like who dare <laughs> what does he say you dare to wake me <laughs> and he just goes into this quote-unquote rap it's just Which, Shaq talking. It's basically saying really, like, cheap Dr. Seuss rhymes that are way worse. Yes. And they're great. Not all of them even rhyme. Mm-hmm. It's kind of got a rhythm to it, but not really. Yes. And it's wonderful. Yeah, I just, oh, that intro scene is so good. He comes in, powerful screaming, fake rapping, and then he just uses magic to throw around these kids that are bullying Max. He blocks a bat with his arm and then throws the kid. It's so good. And Shaq's arm is three times the thickness of the bat. Oh, yes. Yes, easily. Huge. He is a powerful man. Yeah. Go ahead. I, I gotta try to remember what was next after that because it really just jumbles in your head Uh i have so many moments i remember i just don't remember the order i have a comment that i can make if you want oh yeah there's one all right just his rhyme okay god his rhymes are so good it's just one i wrote he just when they went outside he's went jaguar black better stand back <laughs> and there's just it's always something like that his... that was when max wishes for his first wish uh, yeah. which is a, a black jaguar vehicle a car and then yes. kazam has a hard time manifesting it yes. and he tries to rhyme everything yes and max doesn't believe he's a genie because of that even though he's teleported he, seven he, times he, in the yes, movie so far exactly but it's so great at that beginning because it just looks like this big guy is stalking this little kid from behind telephone poles. It's rough. It's, it is very <laughs> I creepy. I plenty of notes on this for yes, later. Yes, I, I, I assumed you would because it is one of the creepiest parts of the movie. <laughs> okay, so Shaq's dialogue coach made 
very, very sure that he was that Shaq was opening his mouth as wide as possible to deliver all the lines. Yes. If he was if he was delivering a regular line like "Hello, Max," it would sound like "Hello, Max" mm. because his mouth would come all the way open for every single syllable. Mm-hmm. Very, uh, it's a misdirection. Yeah. It, yeah, I can't imagine how much saliva came out of Shaq's mouth throughout the filming of this. I want like a test tube filled with his saliva. I think that's my own. That's the one thing that I oh, want. Man. We'll clone him one day and make Kazam too. <laughs> when he's pursuing Max, uh, it's really creepy because he tries to lure Max in with ice cream at one point. When Max is running away from him, basically not running away, oh gosh, but he cream. has ice cream and it's in his hand, as in the ice cream part is in his hand and the cone is sticking upwards, and he's trying to lure Max yeah. in with ice cream in front of all these adults <laughs> along the street. I don't know if you noticed how his face was, but it looked really menacing too. Yeah, and he actually said, "Don't you wish you had one of these?" <laughs> ice cream in his so hand. good. Oh, it's so funny. I love that it's being held upside down, so Shaq is palming an ice cream cone. And Shaq's in this Roman... He's in Roman leopard print. (laughs) He's trying to follow this 12-year-old kid, and none of the adults that are around are trying to interfere with this in any way. It's amazing. Yeah, it's... There's so much good, and it's all because of Shaquille O'Neal's performance in this, and... His just weird mottos, his <laughs> random rhymes. One of my favorites I wrote down was when just Max was being stubborn with him at some point, and Shaq just goes, Look, little fart! <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so good. And Shaq doesn't even, he has no humor about him in that line delivery at all. No, he just he, says it like it's an actually he's very serious. Like he's in The Godfather. And, yes. It's so good. Yes, that's the best part about this being a 90s movie, is that they all sounds so serious about these things that are completely ridiculous. Yes. I also wanted to point out really quickly that all the acting in this movie is good, except for it's Shaq. Honestly, yeah. It's Everybody honestly is really, bad. they're really high octane and they're really, they're on another level, honestly. They're, it's the 90s over the top nature of yeah. their acting, but yeah. the kid is really good and he's charismatic. Yes. I, um, from, I, what I, from what I um, looked up, apparently he had a, like a really hard life growing up. Oh, um, yeah. And then he came into acting, and Kazam was supposed to be his big break. Oh no! And then he never really oh, did stinks, anything yeah. again. Yeah, that um, that part stinks. But, but he's really good, and he he's he is still out there. Yeah, yeah, they're good actors. But I think if it was someone else playing Kazam, it would have been a worse movie anyway. I agree. I, I don't think I think the fun of it would be more forgettable. It would be more yeah, forgettable. I think the fun of Shaq's acting even though it's like really bad that's what makes this movie so entertaining it really it's, does yeah if it was someone else playing like a better performance i would not have enjoyed it one bit it would have been another main actor like thor the dark world yeah you know? <laughs> exactly yep um there's this one point in that pers- there's so many notes about the pursuit uh because kazam is this huge yeah. old man who's you know, not old man. This is when Shaq was young, but yeah. it's just when he's following through, following him through the street. There's this little interaction with a guy that opens a door, and then what Kazam does is he looks at the guy, mm-hmm. and he just points at him menacingly. Uh-huh. Do you remember what I'm talking yes, about? I Max do. goes past him. He opens the door, and he's like, "What are you doing here? What are you doing? I'm walking here." Yeah. And then, and then, Kazam just goes. I do remember that. It's so scary. <laughs> it's so funny. He doesn't say a single word. There's not even a gesture. It's just a point, yeah. and it's and, really scary. Yeah, it's it's terrifying. He he's so scary at the beginning of this movie. It feels like some creep is just coming after a kid, and Max doesn't react how I think he should react. Right, <laughs> because he's not like he's like leave me alone, he's, buddy. He's not like oh no. There's this like grown up. Mm-hmm. who i don't know stalking me i need to contact police <laughs> i'm need to scream i need to do this it's like get on my way guy you're bothering me <laughs> <laughs> so good it's great and then eventually when kazam does corner him and they go into that like weird where you know where the junk food range from the sky yeah. so there's this bike race scene <laughs> where shack is what? on this 
bike. Why does this magic giant genie need to chase this little kid on a bike? Exactly. So they're racing each other with their bikes. And for some reason, Kazam isn't really using his magic to win. So it's like neck and neck. Mm -hmm. And then Kazam starts flying and he's like, you are a real genie. But he's teleported 16 times in front of this man. Now that you've seen a bike transformed to gold and... Magic glitter flying everywhere. We you finally realize we that. gotta talk about the CG in this movie. Oh my goodness! Um, I think we should wait. <laughs> okay, we can wait because this this scene where the where all the food rains from the sky is set up like a horror scene. Yes, this, that, that's where we're at. Right after this, yes, is, he's like, "You're a genie," and uh, Kazam's like, "Yeah, I'll give you three wishes." And the first wish Max had was, uh, "I wish for." junk food like piled up to the sky or whatever he says uh i want junk food piled high to the sky and then this is what shack rhymes are you ready oh yes junk food from here to the sky junk food from here to the sky <laughs> i'm not kidding yeah I fr- he I, says it I, twice <laughs> yeah i see i thought that's what it was but i couldn't remember so i was like oh this could be some like crazy reach of a rhyme and it's like no it's just the same thing it's the same exact sentence yeah it, it was amazing yep that's great uh and then the junk food starts like raining down cloudy with chance of meatball style this food is the most unappetizing junk food i've ever seen like it's like hamburger it's meat like uncooked it's like uncooked hamburger meat a like soft <laughs> taco or burrito that basically flops down it's all opened up and it's just like loose gross slimy meat in there yes and then like it's it's stuff like that for a while and then candy bars unbranded candy bars that don't Mm -hmm. have an actual yeah yep and then (laughs) after it he's like oh man no hot chocolate or anything (laughs) i don't know what that line was about i don't either what i think i wrote down the exact line Um, if i but then after he makes the wish oh yeah hey where's the hot chocolate (laughs) that's what it was amazing he says, you're not telling me this is this was a wish. And then Shaq says, to rhyme with that line, like the main man did with the loaves in the fish. Now listen, that implies uh-huh. that God, that Jesus, <laughs> used Kazam yep. to make the fish in the bread. Yeah. <laughs> this movie this is m- saying that Jesus isn't real, and I'm not commenting on that at all. I am yeah. not. That, this has nothing to do with that. But it's this movie good. is as bold yeah. as to say the reason that Jesus was able to make the bread yes. and the fish from nothing was that Kazam did it. Yes, you hear, you heard it here. Uh, God's miracles are really Kazam's miracles. And then in the next line, the the very next line, Uh Shaq says, you can't talk to God when he's talking about the ethereal things that he can't make Mm -hmm. come true. He lists the things and then he says, you can't talk to God. Shaq, what God? What God? You just said that you were the one who made Jesus do that. (laughs) Yeah, we say what God, but then we get to the end of the movie, but we'll hold off until then. It's true. I know. Mm -hmm. It's this movie it is biblical of, in all see, senses. The notes I wrote towards the beginning are like, these are weird. They kind of come back around a little bit later in the movie. Like, I just talked about the hot chocolate. Uh-huh. That has a purpose right before the credits roll in this movie. Oh my gosh, this movie makes me just... <laughs> I'm puzzled. I love it. But I know. It's so good. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. We'll be talking about it for years, I'm sure. <laughs> so one of the rules that Shaq... Uh, that Kazam, I, keep, I just keep saying Kazam and Shaq interchangeably. Yeah, but uh, he can't that. do anything ethereal, so he can't like make any relationships. He, he can't make you know the girl fall in love with you. He can't make your dad come back. <laughs> that kind <laughs> yeah. of thing, basically. Yeah. Okay, so now there's another scene where Shaq is pursuing Max. However, this time Shaq's pants fall down, and he continues to chase him. <laughs> Shaq's shorts fall down and he's in his underwear and he's chasing a child in the streets uh-huh. again. I'm going to leave that there. Yeah. <laughs> but that's something There's that I... There's a few very creepy, just like questionable scenes in this. The 90s were a different Which, time. Yes, they were. Yep, a, a grown basketball player can shower in front of a kid and it's fine. Yeah, I know we could talk about this movie for hours, 
but there's just a few little scenes. I'm going to quickly bullet point the French toast scene. Basically, Shaq comes in <laughs> as pretending to be Max's tutor. Yep. And uh, Max's mom has made French toast for them. All of a sudden, some of the best CGI I've ever seen <laughs> of these, like, French toasts, three of them that Shaq has coming up in the air and doing dances around and just flying straight into his mouth and then one going straight into Max's mouth. No chewing or anything. You think they choke. And there's a gulping sound effect, like a Looney Tunes gulp. It's like, it's like, whoop, yep. whoop. <laughs> yep. That's a beautiful scene. Um, Kazam and Max have a rap battle. Yes, but can I say something that precedes the rap battle? Yes, yes, Before they get on stage and show what they got, the lead female singer that's there, that she's kind of setting up the show, Mm -hmm. she says this line. Ooh, who's the cutie over there from another planet? Don't just stare. Come over here and let me see you jiggy jiggy jam it. (laughs) And then Shaq comes up and finally gets to share his... Mm-hmm. Wonderful rapping with the world yes. in Max, yeah. Yeah, Shaq has multiple rap performances on different stages. That's kind of his story arc where he's like, I'm a genie, but I want to rap for everybody. <laughs> that should be and the tagline I of the movie. I feel like, I don't know this for sure, but I feel like maybe this movie is also a way to try to get Shaquille O'Neal into the real life rap game. Yep. And Definitely. to get him as an actual musician, mm-hmm. uh, which of course succeeded. He recorded an album. I for real. I believe that. I think a I couple, that. maybe maybe two, but I know he because he yes. talked about it on Conan. Yeah, which he I keep he really shows reason. his skill in this movie. Uh-huh. Yeah, but yes, Kazam and Max have a rap battle, and it's amazing and terrible. Um, just some of <laughs> right at the beginning, he's like. You don't know rap, and then Max starts rapping, and he's like, uh, Shaq goes, that was whack, and then his <laughs> next, his first line and his rap part doesn't even rhyme. <laughs> I don't remember what hey, it Reagan, is. Hey, Reagan, your man. rap was whack. Now yes. let me start off by doing like, something that doesn't rhyme at all. Yes, exactly. Another really problematic scene with Max and Shaq, which is a, an ongoing theme of this movie, is Max waking up in bed with Shaquille O'Neal right next to him. (laughs) And then the camera pans over in a really creepy way, and Shaq absolutely palms Max's face with his his baseball glove mitt of a hand and Uh just slams his head into the pillow. And then after some dialogue of them arguing, Shaq takes a shower in his room. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's covered, but he uses his magic, his amazing CGI powers Mm -hmm. to do a a shower in his room water coming from above him but there's like a little cloud at his ankles that so the water doesn't hit the floor yep and also while in bed with this kid he's like screaming in his sleep how do max's mom and stepdad not hear that at all maybe the actual plot twist of this movie is that shaquille o'neal was in his head the entire time and that he fixed his dad's relationship (laughs) by himself yeah yeah, but then that one explained the very end. Oh, no. No? Uh-huh. Okay, so um, there's a villain plot that we talked about with his dad being part of the mob. Uh, and basically, we haven't gone into this at all because it just adds a confusing element. But mm-hmm. there is this, this like, stereotypical mob boss guy who's mm-hmm. who finds out that he's a genie and tries to get him to grant him the wishes. I gotta say, that guy was hilarious as he was, well. He was funny. Yeah. He well was acted. Ha- <laughs> I, I mean, kind of. Kind of well acted, but... Over the top. Very over the top. Um, but I don't even want to get into that, if I'm honest with no, you. No, no, that's uh, a whole other element. But I want to say that he does die at the end of the film, and the way that he dies <laughs> is Shaq uses his magic, after he thinks Shaq is dead, he uses his magic to put him, he turn, turn him into a sphere... And slam dunk him into like this wood chipper thing. Mm-hmm. He slam dunks him into this thing and kills him. It's great. That's how the the main villain of the movie dies. That's right. Yeah. So it shows off his basketball skills as well. Yeah, I mean you had to tie in basketball somewhere. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's one of the greatest deaths in any any movie. It is a great death. Yes. Yeah. So then we get to the end. The mob boss earlier pushed 
uh, maxed down an elevator shaft. It's true. He tried so, to commit murder, so he yes. deserved it. Right, kids? Nope. That's, nope. Uh, nope. We gotta... Don't, don't, don't <laughs> okay. say that. Okay, we're done. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Kazam thinks Max is dead and is holding him in his arms, but, of course, power of magic and love. He love. comes back to life. And then, all of a sudden, Kazam turns into, like, Mega Kazam and is just, like... <laughs> Taller than Shaquille O'Neal already is. Uh And then, like, the next second later, he basically becomes God. He's this giant light ball that is looking at Max. (laughs) It's very biblical. It feels like it's implying that he's dead. And Max comes flying in the air and wrapped in the shack head. And then, all of a sudden, he wakes up and is like, what was that? What happened? And then, all of a sudden, Max is walking home with his mom and stepdad and is like, you know I could go for? A cup of hot chocolate. And then he looks down and hot chocolate's down there. And you look over and see, like, a freed real-life Shaq just walking away and giving, like, quirky looks to Max. It's amazing. And the movie ends. It's a good finisher, but before the finisher, there is a scene where Max is engulfed in flames, right? He's in mm-hmm. the building and there's flames everywhere. Oh, yeah. So this is the very last thing I'll say, but Max is in this building full of fire, and a fireman comes in and saves Max, not Kazam, but <laughs> the fireman comes in and says, so he grabs him, right? He grabs Max and he goes, I make a grab like that and you don't even say nice save? No! Oh, yeah. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Dying. No, Max <laughs> almost just died. He's yeah. a 12-year-old kid, yeah. and this guy's like, you're not even going to tell me that was a really nice grab. I no. guess it was trying to show that the stepdad is relatable and cool as well. Yeah. But it just was like, bad timing, man. Terrible. Come Awful. Come on. Was that his stepdad? Yes, because he's a firefighter. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I did. I missed that I have, about you. I have just realized that that the dad is is a firefighter the stepdad not the dad the stepdad is a firefighter and that that's who that was mm-hmm. so ignore all of my previous yelling because it makes a little bit more it sense that he's toying sense. with him in my in my uh in my thought process you i really thought it was just nope definitely okay. not <laughs> okay yeah. i definitely thought it was just, <laughs> just a random guy. guy and he was like you're not even going to congratulate me on my catch that i just made to <laughs> save you <laughs> See, I thought it was like that for the first, like, 15 seconds, and then he walks out and is the same person's just with his mom, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's the stepdad. He's just a standard-looking guy, so makes, forgive me, but... It makes more sense, but also still bad timing. <laughs> still terrible. We don't should... don't take anything... Don't... don't. I don't take anything back that I just said. Yeah. No. I agree with all of it. <laughs> All right, so I wanted to do like you did last time, which was put the reviews that I found of this movie in for some of them. Mainly the user reviews because they're way better, mm-hmm. especially the five star reviews. Yeah, I'll get. I'll try to find a couple of the <laughs> lower ones as well, just so okay. it's a l- nice mix. Sounds good. Um, this is a critic review, but basically. Oh. It just says dismal with a period on it. <laughs> One out of five. Amazing. Yeah. Um, all right. Let me find some good ones here. Uh, here's a good one that was half a star. Um, <laughs> it was pretty awful. It might have been a little better without the wrapping, <laughs> which I love that. I disagree with that. Yep. Definitely. Yep. One star, uh, the trailblazer of crappy movies starring athletes. Um, it's five star. (laughs) All right. This one might be my favorite review that Mm -hmm. I've ever seen. Five star. I don't understand the negative reviews of this movie. (laughs) Personally, it is my favorite movie of all time. It is very funny. My favorite parts of the, (laughs) he meant say movies, but he wrote wrote Mueve. So (laughs) M-O-I-V-E. So, my favorite parts of the Mueve is when former NBA star Shaquille O'Neal's on screen. Do you want to know who wrote that one? Yes. Shaquille O. Ampersand X27 Neil O. That is magnificent. Which is Holy great. Holy crap. And then this is a good review as well. 
Uh, this will be my last one. Five stars. Peter is married to Lois Griffin and is the father of men, Chris and Stewie. He is also has a dog named Brian, who is the best friend. It's, and then it's just a description of Family Guy. It's just... Oh. It's just a description of Family Guy. Oh, holy crap. So yeah, some great reviews on there. <laughs> Think about the freedom of the internet. How a review that's like that, how that's, that's summarizing another show, can actually bring up the tomato meter. Oh yeah! Wow, oh, this is a good one too. Five stars. Heck yeah, Shaq is my papa. <laughs> I think we both agree with that one. We both agree with that one, Definitely. and we'll leave it at that. Absolutely. Well, I'm so glad that you watched. Uh, I'm, and I'm so glad that I watched. Yes, we had two great movies in two very different ways this week. Yes. All right, so this week, Reagan's giving me the good movie to watch, and I'm going to give him a bad movie to watch. Oh. And, Reagan, what did you assign to me this week? All right, for the good movie this week, I saw it, I think, last year. I really loved it, and I think you would be super into it, too. It's uh, the Netflix original, Dolomite Is My Name. Okay, sweet. I'm excited to watch it. It's one that's been on my list for a while. Um, unlike this announcement. Oh, boy. Reagan... You're going to watch the 2011 movie that none of our audience has ever heard of, and you will not know any actors in it except mm -hmm. for potentially one. It's called Love on a Leash. I am very scared of that title. <laughs> Wait until you see the poster, my I... friend. Oh, no. And we will talk about it next week on the podcast. Oh, I cannot no. wait. <laughs> I'm very excited. Oh, my gosh. What a great show, right, Reagan? Yeah. Well, we hope you enjoyed us goofy blokes talking about absolutely nothing for an hour or so. If you want to follow our social media accounts, you can find me at K-I-L-I-A-N dot S-O-P-E-R on Instagram. That's Killian dot Soper. And you can follow the podcast at Almost dot Insightful on Instagram. And at Almost Insight on Twitter with no spaces. Thank you guys so much for listening. Go ahead. Bye. <laughs>